begun Yesterday's news Yesterday's News is the new album from Robert Ellis, an up-close and personal collection of songs recorded in just two days. Here's Robert talking about his new album and his first ever record. I fell in love with records when I was really young because my grandfather had a record player and he kind of was my father figure and um, I used to sit and tinker with it. And actually what's really interesting is it was this little console um record player and cassette player and oh yeah he he had all these records um like this one ray stevens record that had <laughs> yeah. um you know some kind of funny kids songs like there was a song called guitar zan i bought guitar zan when it came out i have the 45. get it get it get it My grandfather had that on vinyl and really young, before I can even really remember it, I was using the record function on the cassette thing. I'd put a cassette in there and I would record the vinyl. Right. And I was going through a bunch of stuff um, that was just at my parents' house in the attic and I had this thing of cassettes um, and I have a, a truck now, uh, like an older truck that has a cassette player in it. So I've been listening to quite a few cassettes because it's the only thing in the truck. And I popped this unlabeled cassette in and instantly I was transported back to being, I, I think, four or five years old. And it was Ray Stevens, and I could hear myself stopping it in the middle of the song, starting another song, like experimenting with recording this cassette. Right, right. So cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Guitar is in. That's a classic. Yep. Yeah. Wild <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, that brought me, I hadn't heard that since I was a kid. And yep. it just all came flooding back. And I was like, how do I still remember all of this? Yep, yep. It's when it hit, when it's in there, it stays there. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So whereabouts are you today? I'm in Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Um and I'm in my little back office behind my house and um getting ready to go play a jazz gig in town oh. actually. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to go play. Somebody asked me to play drums, so I'm going to sit down on drums tonight and huh? um and just have some fun and then tomorrow I've got to go to Austin for for a gig in Austin and um, just kind of kicking around. Cool, cool. Because I see that it's kind of the the new album is kind of referenced slightly as folk jazz in some respects. Is that accurate? Would you say? I mean, I definitely think the changes are not super pedestrian. You know, like the the chord changes in a lot of the songs look more like a Parker tune. Right. And they do like a Buck Owens tune, you know, right. like there's, there's not a lot of one, four fives on the record. Um, but I've kind of always had an affinity for that stuff. You know, I kind of like weird changes and, and cool journeys, you know, harmonically. So, um, but this one aesthetically, there was, there was a record, a Chet Baker record, um, that I've seen under different names, but most recently I've seen it titled Embraceable You. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just him, a nylon string guitar, and that's the whole record. He's playing and playing trumpet and singing, and then this guitar player is playing with him. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of my favorite records of all time. And a lot of these tunes, when I was writing them, I just was thinking about that record and the way they present these ballads and, you know, the way the guitar player sort of voices things. And um, so, yeah, I think maybe aesthetically, there's a lot more jazz direct influence on this one than some of the others, you know? Right, very cool. 
So the, the new record is Yesterday's News. And from what I also read, uh, it was recorded live to tape in two days. Is that also accurate? It is true. Yes. Why, why, um, why and how did you do that? <laughs> so we, we have a recording studio here in town in Fort Worth. It's called Nile City. Um, and I produce a bunch of music for other bands. Um, and have, that's what I've mostly been occupied with over the last few years. Um, yeah. And that's sort of what we pride ourselves on doing. Like that's what our room is built for. And that's kind of where our skill set, I think, really comes into focus is we really like to capture performances. Um, so we don't do a lot of multi-tracking. We don't even have any ISO booths in our studio. So okay. it's it's a bit difficult to get yeah. isolation. Um, and that's kind of by design. You know, it's this big live room that looks a lot like old studios where they track full bands playing live together and singing. Um, yeah. And so that's a part of it. You know, we've been doing that a lot for other people. And then I've always, through all my records, um, live performances are at the core of everything like at minimum every record that i've done the bass drums and one other element have been tracked together live like i just i just am not convinced that multi-tracking yields a musical or effective performance um, right. I, I do think you you have a lot more control and you can make things more refined but i don't think it's possible to make it feel the same way Right. You know, to have the same sort of momentum. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but and then also this this record, you know, it's all just me on guitar and an upright player. Um, uh -huh. So it's very simple, and it's it sort of was like, why not just do it? And the only reason it took two to two days is because it took two days. <laughs> Fair enough. That's Had it right taken answer. longer or shorter, it would have. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So there's nine songs that comprise the record. Yeah what how do they hang what what keeps them together and makes them a record in your mind well i recorded close to 15 um okay. and i got i i just i brought it down to like 11 and then after a couple months of reflection brought it down to nine so um and most of it for me was not not so much the you know quality of the songs you know or the potential of the songs it was all about tone like mm -hmm. i wanted to really focus on stuff with a consistent tonal center, you know, that just sort of had the same energy and vibe. Um, and all of these songs, I don't know, the best way that I can explain it is there's nothing really exciting that happens. Like, there's nothing really like, if you were falling asleep listening to this record, I wanted it to be such that there would be nothing that would wake you up out of- Jolt you out of your sleep. <laughs> jolt you out of, yeah, like, I don't want any fancy tricks or like, you know, like wow moments. And I kind of right. wanted everything dynamically to be sort of, you know, at a certain level. And the way that I contextualized it when we started recording was like, okay, normally music goes from like here to here. I want to just lower that whole shelf mm. so that like our quiet moments are so much quieter than we would ever normally play. And then our loudest moment is really not that loud. Yep. <laughs> you know, like. Yep. Yeah. So, so it, it's got a very intimate, sparse, feel to it, especially your vocals uh, yeah. and your singing. So I'm wondering, because I've seen you live and I know that you play with a band and you can rock out with the best of them if you want to. So vocally, in general, sing is. did you have to think or approach your singing differently when you uh, were singing these songs? I mean, I have a lot more control at a quieter volume. Right. You know, like, and so in some ways it's, it's a lot easier. Um, and you can focus on things like 
tonal quality, you know, in a different kind of way than when you're singing over a band. Um, but also part of it was just, like you said, the recording, like in order for it to be captured the way that we wanted it to be captured, we had to have the microphones fairly hot and fairly loud. And right. that meant that you couldn't really blow them up. Like you had to keep everything under a certain volume for them to be captured in the right way. And you had to really make sure you were consistently sort of at the right distance from the microphone and really think about just the physical space in the room in a different sort of way, because every little movement would create uh, a disparity, you know, like <laughs> yeah. between what the song before was. Um, so that was a unique challenge. But yeah, overall, I just, um, it, it was what the songs called for. And for better or worse, like all my records, I feel like I do these, these rounds of press stuff where I put out a record and then I talk to a bunch of people and consistently every time, every single record, people always say, this record's kind of a departure from your last record. Right. Like that's always the narrative. Um, yep. But you know, zoom, zooming out after, I don't know, eight albums or whatever, um, you know, five solo albums and a bunch of side projects. And then I don't know how many just other ones I produce for other people, but like, I just get interested in all of the different things that music can do, you know, and at different times, I'm excited about a different facet of it. So it's less for me, like, I want to take a left turn in my career. And it's more just like this record for me, it was really exciting to focus on really small details and to focus on just subtle changes that mean a lot. Right. Um, instead of broad strokes, you know, it's just like different kinds of painting, you know, <laughs> expressionist yeah, yeah. versus surrealist versus, you know, um, what's it called when they paint a million little dots? Pixelation or pixelism. Yeah, or something I don't, like that. yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you can, you can find so many things about music that are exciting and you yeah. can focus on any one of them and be like, wow, that's cool. If I lean into that yeah. and that's what I'm doing then yep. there's this whole world that opens up that you didn't experience before, you know? Yep, yep. Well, one of the details I, I, I liked was in On the Run, you're singing about stretches of West Texas that don't even have a name. There are stretches of West Texas that don't even have a name. We stopped and took the chance to gas up every time it came. Scorching smell of summer vapor rising from the road Strapped into a fuselage and waiting to explode From, I would say, for about six hours in the car, you right. will, I mean, really, once you pass San Antonio, maybe a little further, going from there to El Paso is the desert. It's, right. you know, it's just, it's insane. Um, and. The lines in that song, I definitely was picturing someone driving in West Texas. Um, there is this stretch of road where if you don't stop for gas, and I've, I've known so many people who do not heed my advice on this, <laughs> but if you don't stop for gas, and I'm sure, like, probably not so much New Zealand, but definitely Australia, like, there, there are places where you just will be fucked. There's right. no yep. way yep. <laughs> that yep. you will yep. get gas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... And so that's, that's very much the way Texas is, uh, like pretty much half the state is like that. Um, and the landscape just has a very particular feel and, and look and just tone, all of it tonally is just, um, it's one of my favorite places on earth. Um, and I don't know if you know the artist Donald Judd, are you familiar with his work? No. He did a really famous um, 
an exceptional artist um, who ended up living in Marfa, Texas, a uh, New York artist who moved yeah, down to Marfa. I've, I've heard of Marfa uh, quite a bit. It's and Donald Judd the hipster made these, hangout. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. It's only the hipster hangout because um, I think in the 70s or maybe even earlier, Donald Judd moved out to Marfa and decided ah. to put his art, art studio there. Ah. And he also built these massive installations that are large form sculpture. Um, and the West Texas landscape is a part of his pieces, you know, right. like, Yep. He builds these structures that they look so interestingly appropriate for the landscape and yet right. out of place. Like, I don't know, he just does interesting things. Um, and I don't know, that's something I think about a lot. I, I look to visual art a lot to just, I don't know, think about how music could be different. You know, like what what sort of context am I putting on a theme that everyone thinks they know? Or like, you know, if if that song in particular is uh, dark folk song about uh, a desert, which is not new. It's been done a million it's been times. Done before, like, yeah. You know, what What can be different about it? And I don't know, for that song in particular, I mean, all the lyrics in that song to me are not about a road trip in West Texas. It's, yep. you know, it's purely existential. You yep. know, like yep. that's just a metaphor for um, living your life in a way that uh, is not focused on the present. That's right. that's what that song is about for me. Gotcha. <laughs> and it's followed on the record. It's followed by the title track, "Yesterday's News," which you've made a video, and your partner Erica is yep. the one to yep. kind of put it together for you. Uh, that must yeah. be an interesting project because it's very kind of autobiographical and very personal. It seems like I gave it a go. shot that video over the course of six years um, right. and various tours there's there's footage all over the world I shot footage in New Zealand Australia Japan all over Europe all over the United States like um, it's just the scope of it is enormous um, and originally me and her had intended to make a short film that was gonna be like a narrative short film concept yeah. And, you know, a million things happened. We got busy and we finished it and we also weren't super excited about it. So we just put those hard drives in the drawer. And when it came time to make the video for this song, Erica just had the brilliant idea. She was like, why don't I look back through some of that footage um, that we shot while you were on tour and see if I can put something together. And the first rough cut I saw, I was just like, oh my God. It's just, it's my favorite video I've ever made. You know, uh -huh. like... I just, if I had planned it, it would have never been as good as it sure. is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was yeah, an yeah. accident. All yeah. of it was just a fucking accident. So um, well, there's something to be yeah. said for just allowing things to happen and accidents are, uh, sometimes make the best <laughs> art. <laughs> yeah. It turns out the universe is pretty intelligent. You just have like, to re be receptive to it. and not you have do, to Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't force it and control it all the time, you know? Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, that's cool. And I see you have two versions of a song called Wait. There's Wait and then there's a reprise. They're both yeah. identically in lengthwise, a little different otherwise. Why is yeah. that? Well, one of them is an instrumental and it's just sort of a reflection on the first tune. Um, the reason that I titled them the same is they were written around the same time. 
and they share sort of a melodic theme. Yeah. They're in, in different keys, but they have a similar, there's something similar about the melody to them. Um, and I just, I think about it like if it was a movie score, you know, right. one would be for the main title credit and one would be for a different part in the movie, you know, gotcha. yeah. would be related. Um, and really like that song, as it took shape, it was really important to me that there was like this long breath afterwards where you didn't hear any more information. You didn't right. hear any more words, you know, and you could just sort of live in the feeling of whatever that was for another three minutes. Right. You can hear bird song in there, though. Yeah. Is that yeah. was that happening in the real time? Oh, just no, no, that's, <laughs> that's that's something that we added. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. That's one of my favorite moments on the record. And I don't even really know what that song is totally about. Right. That's one of those interesting things where I just, I really liked the way it sounded and felt. And I was like, this is good. And I moved on, you know? Yep. 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 So, so the record's out on May 19th. What, what are your plans for the day? And are you going on tour? What, what's, what's... I have, I have a pretty extensive American dates. I have some European dates and then we're planning um, New Zealand, Australia before huh? the end of the year. I'm, right. I'm hoping it happens I'm thinking maybe November, December, but I'll keep you posted. It's definitely right. going to happen. Right. All righty. So I'm curious, uh, because this album feels so intimate, especially the vocals, do you have a favorite vocal performance of yours on the record? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's, it's a tough it's one. Hard. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to separate the guitar and the vocals. I mean, okay. my favorite song on the record is probably the very last one. Okay. Um, Better for a tomorrow. number of reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's so simple. There's so few chords and it's just plodding. It's unbelievably slow. It's right. like the slowest song on the record. And I, there's just something about it that I really like when I listen to it as a listener and not as the writer, I'm, I just really like the tone of it a lot. Right. Um, and I like the words. I think that it was important to me that for such a complicated record that has, you know, a lot of conflict and, um, is is at times a little fatalistic right um ending on the note you know it's a song sort of to my child but the main point in the song is just like no matter what's going on no matter how bad it is you learn this lesson as you get older that i could just go to sleep and if i go to sleep right now i'll probably feel better tomorrow when i wake up right <laughs> you know like yep. and yep. that was a really hard lesson for me to learn like it's something that i don't think young people understand that time you hear these cliches about like time heals all wounds and blah, blah, blah. But it really is as simple as just like, if I have anxiety right now, if I feel sad right now, just let a little time pass, really go to sleep and wake up the next day and things will probably look different. Yep. Good words to live by. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, hopefully we'll see you down here again soon then. It sounds like you're planning I on it. So yeah. yeah, it'd be very cool. The tuning fork or wherever it is that you end up. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. I'll, I'll definitely come back by and let's listen to some records. Absolutely. I, I got a few you might like. We can play guitars and. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Very good. I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Good Talk luck soon. with everything. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.